Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you today? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, yeah, doing good. Uh, what have you been playing with in the last week or so? Well, you know how sometimes when you have a plan and you don't really know if you'll ever be able to execute your plan or if you can, sure. it'll be the way that you want it to? Well, a couple, three podcasts ago, we talked about how the gold cards were getting pulled from stores. Yeah. And we talked about how they're probably going to get rid of gold at some point and just replace it with ultimate. Mm-hmm. Well, I was able to find a store and I was able to max out my uh, gold subscription. They let you do that for three, thir- 36 months or three years, basically, whichever is the most uh, closest to it. And so I maxed that out and I thought, okay, well probably sometime around when the X comes out, they might do that upgrade offer again to when you can upgrade to ultimate for a dollar. And sure enough on my console on Saturday, I'm flipping around and it says upgrade to ultimate for $1. So I wasn't sure if this was like an old promotion. I just want to make sure that I was qualified for it. So I contacted uh, Microsoft support and they're like, yep, you can upgrade your gold to a dollar. So to ultimate for $1. So for $1, I now have uh, Ultimate until August of 2023. Wow. Um, now, interestingly enough, the guy on the phone with me from Microsoft did say that gold was going away so that when that expires, I won't be able to go back to gold. Um, but that's three years down the road, so I don't have to worry about that. And so I've just spent like the last couple, three days downloading random uh, Game Pass games and just seeing what's what. Okay, so basically you have Game Pass Ultimate for three years. Yeah, a little short of three years, yeah. Cool, nice. Um, it's pretty good, it's a lot of value there, so uh, that's uh, that's good as well. That includes, you know, day one upcoming Xbox games, um, mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. So, cool. Uh, outside of that, what else have you been uh, doing or playing game-wise? Uh, I've been playing some stuff on the computer. I've been playing some more of the uh, Medieval Dynasty. I, I do like it. It is still very early access. Um, You can tell just from how the graphical assets are that there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to eventually be able to interact with, uh, but you can't do that now. Um, If you like early access games, it's like I said, it was on sale for like 20 bucks. I didn't mind taking a chance on it. Um, It's got some interesting premise to it. Basically, you're the last surviving heir of a title, and you're in medieval country, obviously, by the name. And so you basically have to rebuild not only your fortune, but your legacy. So there's flirting aspects. you got to get married at some point. Um, you got to make people like you to join your village away from another village. Um, it's got some interesting concepts to it. Hopefully the story part will flesh out a bit more. Uh, but it's it definitely has some good potential. Outside of that, I've just been bouncing around, like I said, different Game Pass games. I played uh, Street to Rage 4 for a bit. I played... Uh, um, Enter the Gungeon for a little bit. There's a few other titles that I want to try out when I get a chance to. So, Cool. Nice. Uh, I finished my um, new game plus for Last of Us 2. And uh, I tweeted about it last night. And just yeah, just, just continued to be stunned and blown blown away by, by that game. I just think... I really do think that some people are looking at... I'm not going to spoil the game here, obviously, because I want people to go and enjoy it. Um, and I wouldn't just blurt out spoilers anyway, because, you know... Um, and it's it's really interesting to me when I look at what this game's achieved and what this game's able to do, and how some people... Some people have taken 
what I think is, you know, that the I'll just say the big thing that happens in the story and kind of just like thrown the game in the bin. Uh, some have literally cut up their game as we as we've seen before. Um, but I think if you look at the reasons that there's that this particular big event. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to spoil what it is or what happens or whatever. There's so many reasons as to why it happens, and it's I'm I'm like I, I mean I've been fine with with what it is that happens um, ever since I actually played that particular part of the story. Um, but there's so many reasons and connective bits and pieces between several different characters as to why that happens, and once. Um, you get kind of past that and stuff just the just the technical side of this game alone of um i don't know just animations and just i don't know it's just a general overall sort of production value is just on a level i don't think i've really seen on a game before um but uh it's it certainly certainly left me impressed and certainly left uh it's left a particular mark with me. Um, like you know how sometimes you know how most of, most of the things that we play and watch and whatever you know TV shows, games, films, we you know enjoy them or think that they're really really good, or even like phenomenal. And there's the, and then there's things that just really really stick with you, and you just you'll you'll remember them for such a long time. Uh, this this game is going to have a kind of long lasting effect on me. I think. Um, and I've been watching like uh, tribute montages to different characters and loads of different discussion bits and pieces on uh, YouTube. Um, I saw, I don't know if you saw the video I sent you, but this guy was basically trying out, because um, you can do the unlimited crafting thing, which is just really, really fun to do. I can't wait to go and do that as well. And he was putting loads of mines around these maps and just, just testing out the game's physics and stuff. And uh, it's just, just crazy what he was able to, to achieve with that. But... Um, I finished a new game plus and then not in a particular sad or happy way I just had this massive burst of emotion just just an overall sort of I don't know like I, I finished the game and just had this massive burst of emotion and um, I think that that's a really good thing um, as well because this is a story that I wanted to leave a mark um, with me and I wanted to you know have an effect on me and it's a game I was looking forward to for years and, and was really excited for it and everything and uh, I, I kind of wanted the game to just emotionally not devastate me or destroy me or whatever but just have a really emotional impact both for really good reasons because I think the game's so good and because of the well the bad things that do happen in the story there's no no there's no uh, way of going around um, you know that this is a, this is a violent post-apocalyptic story bad things happen in it that's that's not any particular kind of shock or whatever but um, I wanted it to leave me with a mark um in in both particular ways and um this this game's just got a particular effect on me and it's just um it's just done something to me and uh i'm 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 happy in every way that the game's kind of done that if if does that make sense kind of what i've tried to say yeah it makes perfect sense yeah yeah but um Hey, I wanted it to do that. I went into the game knowing it was going to be, you know, really, really violent. You've got two cults, basically, that are in there. And you've got a revenge hate story that's going on. So, yeah, very, very, very happy with it. I'm going to do a... Um, uh, I, I, was, I had two ideas for two different Last of Us podcasts. But there's no reason for me to separate them. So I'm just going to do them as one big thing. I think I'm going to do that at some point next week. Uh, just kind of talk about... Uh, 
a sort of little new game plus review just some other things that i noticed in the story and within the game and actually to actually to talk about now this might sound weird and really surprising so you have to stick with me here a minute how this game has actually helped me which if you look at what this game is might seem kind of strange that i've said that but just there's there's particular personal reasons as to why this game's um helped me and i'm going to get into uh some of that so uh does that make sense as well i guess yeah it makes perfect sense yeah cool i uh, just wanted to yeah share all that and everything so you'll be um i, d- I haven't got like partic- a particular date set to, to do the podcast i want to maybe write a few things down because i mean this is like a 22 hour whatever video game and there's just so much in here i mean um i, I, I was thinking kind of hypothetically yesterday when i finished it like if i did have the chance to now i doubt this is probably going to happen because it's just a bit unlikely if i did like not an interview necessarily but just was able to have a chat with neil Druckmann. there's so many things i would ask him and say to him and yeah so but um there we go that's uh that's it for the moment for last of us 2 crash bandicoot comes out in a few days so uh, there is uh, there is other stuff i still want to do with the last of us but i'm just kind of just kind of putting it to the side just sort of saving the the experience that i had uh or i've still got and then uh move on to my uh favorite little bandicoot in a couple of days so um yeah, but uh, what what I wanted to achieve, like I said last week, was to finish that New Game Plus run-through and then go on to Crash. So uh, I did actually end up doing that part of the plan, which was cool as well. Uh, not been playing anything else at all. That game has taken up pretty much all of my time. Not been playing much Call of Duty apart from today, which I'll talk about in a bit with the Season 6 update. Um, something I wanted to mention as well, you got the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater remaster as well mm-hmm. yeah uh, i got my uh, yes, copy I, I got my copy today because i got sent it through uh boomerang i don't know when i'm going to play that because like i said i've just come off of this really big game um i'm gonna about to play crash bandicoot in a couple of days so i don't know when i'm gonna play tony hawk but um basically as long as i pay my subscription every month which i plan to do so i can keep it on me anyway um so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna probably keep that until after I finished Crash, uh, and then go back to that, and and then Last of Us eventually. So I've got uh, got plenty of options at the moment, which is good. So, um, but yeah, got that. Went to install it actually, but didn't have enough space because of something we're going to talk about in a little bit uh, with a certain game that had a big update, and uh, it's taking up a lot of space. So, but um, yeah, that's pretty pretty much everything I've been doing um, gaming wise. Uh, let's move into some housekeeping. Let you know what other content we've been making. See you for that in a minute. Hey there, I'm Aaron Holman, host of Eye to Eye, a weekly podcast talk show all about passion. I have this passion and this fire within me that burns brighter than the fire around me. Flow. With performing, there's always a story to tell, whether it's my own or not. Creativity. I go, he's more than cute, he's creative. All with an LGBT twist. Make sure to check out Eye to Eye, that's E-Y-E, number two, letter I. And rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in today. I'm Chrissy. And I'm Jackie. And we are Killer Fun. We explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. For as long as people have been communicating, they have been talking about who did what to whom, and is that socially acceptable? Because the boundaries of society, crime, and entertainment have always gone hand in hand. The more salacious, the weird, the better. From books and movies, to television shows and games, we look at how life and art imitate and inform one another. And we can't get together and not laugh. So let's face it. There's going to be laughing. (laughs) Killer Fun is available anywhere you listen to podcasts. So join us. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, 
just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Koalu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. That's just the option for either becoming a creator now or just staying as a patron for the moment. And then all you need to do is support us at the $1 level tier. That will get you access to all of the ad-free podcasts that we've done in the past and get you access to all the ad-free podcasts in that month as well. So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also become a patron at the $3 level tier that gets you access to ad-free podcasts and allows you to redeem a review of a TV show or a film of entirely your choice. That's one per month for either a TV show or a film review which is at the $3 level tier. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, speaking of Crash Bandicoot, the cool little bandicoot himself uh did uh, release the second episode of the let's play sundays there's three levels that came with the crash bandicoot 4 it's about time demo um and i recorded the let's play for each one so on this coming sunday um those three let's plays will be coming out this sunday so uh, have a look out for those and of course it launches midnight on a thursday so uh at least for the uk fast i know there's different time zones and stuff but uh look out for that as well also saw the little the not the launch trailer because they did that last week they did this funny little throwback 90s style promo kind of thing that was pretty cool as well so uh there's that uh started a little mini series called analyzing television and i've done two episodes so far the second one i will talk about the first one in a little bit but the second one is talking about the upcoming tv crash uh, and there's a lot of information in there and reasons as to why the particular thing is going to happen that I think is is going to happen and uh, how we've sort of got to that particular stage with TV but uh, it's a little bit difficult to explain in, in a short little house, housekeeping section but uh, go and listen to that if you want to there's no spoilers or anything for any shows it's just me talking about the, the, the number of networks and streaming services and how it is good to have a lot of options but when does it become too much to the point that well TV crashes basically so uh, I've talked about that as well uh, did a podcast for the United cast, had a crazy game against Brighton, um, we beat them 3-2, uh, and yeah, we somehow managed to score a goal after the final whistle, because the ref had to reverse the final whistle decision because of handball and all that sort of stuff, so a crazy, crazy game, uh, another terrible defensive display, but um, we scored three goals, we won the game in the end, and you can hear me talk all about that as well. Analyzing television, the first episode was talking about US TV shows that don't have UK homes, and also US TV channels, networks, and streaming services that could make sense to make more deals with UK channels and streaming services. So basically talking about the the problems involved with that and you know when a UK channel gets something six months later and there's spoilers out there and all sorts of other stuff as well and uh, how even with certain networks the shows are split all over the place in the UK and how uh, that's kind of a problem as well. So uh, there's that. Uh, the Boys is still continuing on Amazon Prime Season 2 Episode 6. Uh, season 2 Episode 7 will be later this week. I think what we're going to do, because uh, Robert's going to join me for the finale hopefully, 
seeing as it will be the season finale for episode 8 so not this week next week um we'll do a delayed podcast and push it forward to our normal uh recording schedule and then we'll do a season finale podcast because it, it's not like i'm gonna we're gonna fall behind on the episodes because that will be the last one for the season but uh, we'll arrange that sooner to the time but for at least for this week's penultimate episode season two episode seven uh you can expect a normal schedule for that as well uh breaking bad podcast is still continuing there'll be a new one for that that will be for season one episode four we've released three of three of the episodes so far for season one so you can look out for those as well um and that's pretty much everything uh, on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Let's move into some news. you go first this week i think i went first last week because of all the bethesda stuff as well um but what would you like to talk about this week well first off we had the uh, games with gold for october Mm -hmm. announced a couple three hours ago very underwhelming i'm starting to wonder if they're making them so underwhelming intentionally to try to migrate people more towards game pass or ultimate um, but next months are all Halloween themed, so we have Slayaway Camp Butcher's Cut, which looks very Minecrafty styled in the graphics. Uh, there's Made of Scare, uh, which is available at the end of the month. Uh, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy, which is an original Xbox game, and Costume Quest, which was the first game out from developer Double Fine, which is Tim Schafer's new studio. Mm-hmm. The one that they came out works with. Yeah. Yep. Have you played any of these games? Nope. Um yeah, strange strange choices here. I mean you could have maybe gone with one of the Dead Space games. I mean I get it, they can't just throw anything they want on there. There's probably certain deals and stuff that they have to do. They can't just because that's an EA game, isn't it? Um Dead Space. They can't mm-hmm. just go ahead and stick that on there because EA might turn around and say, hey, you haven't got the rights or the license or the deal to, to do that. So I get that they can't just put any game that they want on there, but they could have maybe gone for something like Dead Space or for one of the Outlast games or, um, I don't know, like Resident Evil 2 Remake, which is a couple of years old. Because um, 3 Remake was this year, 2 Remake was last year. You could have maybe gone for that. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's becoming really noticeable the big drop off with uh, games of gold and don't get me wrong like we always say if there's a game here that you're interested in and you have games of gold or game pass ultimate and you like one of the games from this selection you're getting more money for your uh, more more worth personally out of your own money and uh, that that's always good as well but for the majority of the comments and everything that I saw online and my opinion and clearly your opinion as well um this is this is another kind of month um i just want to kind of comment a a bit for a minute what you said uh, a minute ago about people moving from uh games of gold to game pass i think i mean i i get what you're saying there in terms of because they are you can still subscribe to them separately but i do think eventually it's going to get to a point where um games of gold either gets minimized a lot and then just becomes part of I mean, it is part of Game Pass Ultimate anyway, but I, th- I think eventually it's going to get to a point where you can probably only subscribe to uh, Game Pass Ultimate, maybe in 
a year or or whatever. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. But again, with these games of gold, they just continue to fall um, further behind. So now, out of the four, Costume Quest is actually a very good game. Basically, what mm-hmm. it is is that you and your sister are going around tr- town trick or treating, and then you get into like battles battling monsters and demons and whatnot but it's not like the real battles it's more like you know when kids are playing battle it's like you know i got a sword when you've got a stick and you're just like whack 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 now you're dead now i've got a shield and you pick up (laughs) something else block 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 it's that it's more in line of that kind of a style so it's very very kid friendly very uh you know eight and under kind of a style in terms of the graphics and the visuals and the intensity of the game itself it's not a bad game at all i bought it when it came out and played it it's it's very entertaining so it's not a bad game but it's Mm -hmm. also very old this is a good five six year old game so yeah and obviously sphinx and the cursed mummy being an original xbox game that's very very old game yeah and the other two i've never heard of before Mm -hmm. it's like i've been saying for a while i think there's a lot of value in there's well, there's less value in PS Plus than there is with games of gold because there's less games in there. But the games, arguably, again, it's all about taste and opinion, whether or not you like these games or not. But for me, there's been a lot better choices with the PS Plus games. I know there's two as opposed to four with games of gold, but I think those two games for a, for a good few months now have been better than those four games that they've been offering. And then if you look at... Um, because for me with Sony and with Xbox with PlayStation there's more value in PS Plus than there is in PS Now and with Xbox there's more value in Game Pass than there is with Games of Gold um, and I think you're going to see that sort of amount to something uh, in, in, in the future and stuff I think something is I think something eventually is going to change with Games of Gold and I think something eventually is going to change with PlayStation Now uh, I don't know what those things are going to be but those seem to be the two services that are falling further behind a little bit um because I, I think as we've heard before is it what 10 or 15 million people have uh game pass? it's up to 15 million plus right now yeah yeah and uh, ps plus has got lots of subscribers uh i know ps now is doing good i don't think it's doing as well as um ps plus though but yeah i think those are the from both sides those are the services that are doing doing the best for them so we'll see what yeah. that uh, kind of amounts to in the future i suppose so yeah. Um, right. What else you got to talk about today? Well, kind of an interesting thing from the esports uh, environment. Uh, over the past month, multiple CS:GO coaches have been suspended for exploiting a spectator bug that gives them an unfair advantage, allowing them to see a bird's eye view of portions of the map that they wouldn't normally able to be able to see. Hmm. The ESIC, which is the Esports Integrity Commission announced that matches from official ESL and DreamHack tournaments were analyzed. Uh, initially, this resulted in a ban for three coaches, uh, Mivers, Ricardo, Dead, uh, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name because I'm not even going to get close to it, uh, S-I-N-I-G-A-G-L-I-A. Um, Heroics, uh, Nikolai Hunden peterson and Hard Legion's Asander uh, Gun. And there's another name I'm not going to be able to pronounce. Um, And that was a month ago, so it was just those three. But there was a new announcement from the ESIC that has issued sanctions against 37 coaches for using the glitch. Uh, So far, the commission has checked roughly 20% of the total demos available for 
review. Uh, they claim that the demos they've reviewed so far likely compromise the most substantial cases of abuse. Now, the really interesting thing is that they've actually scored this like a video game. So they've earned demerits for the different coaches, and the bands are scaled that way. So if you have uh, less than three points of demerits as a coach, uh, you got a Tier 3 sanction, which was uh, five months. If you have uh, three to five points, then that's a 10-month. Six or seven points... That's at 18 months, and then anything over eight eight points they've listed as aggravated, and you get a 36-month ban. Uh, so the article that I'm reading has a full list of every coach and their respective uh, um, banning. So, I mean, if you can, you know, research it, you know, you can find the list and see here. It looks like there's only one three-year ban, and that is for Mechano Gun of Hard Legion who I mentioned earlier. Uh, everything else looks like it's either between uh, six and ten months, mm-hmm. for the most part. Yeah. It's interesting you mentioned this camera glitch, because you can do that on um, Call of Duty. Now, I don't recall anyone saying there's a, in, for, in the Call of Duty game, uh, Modern Warfare I'm talking about, I don't know if there's a specific way that you can do it. It seems to be a little bit random, but what basically happens is when you die in the game uh it would have it would have to be in a game mode where you're spectating so not something like free for all or team deathmatch because you'll just respawn uh in a game like uh like cyber attack which is what i mainly play where you if you are dead you're uh you spectate your teammates and then obviously they can go and revive you if they can manage to do that or whatever and uh you'll basically get this little bird's eye view not of the whole map but of the particular section that you've died in and you can turn your camera around and you can say to your teammate like oh they've come through this door or they're in this corridor or like they're hiding behind this box or whatever uh you can actually click yourself out of it if you just press the next player button uh usually l1 or r1 uh you can click to the next player um but uh yeah it's just it's just interesting that you mentioned that because you can do the same thing in in that game as well um but uh yeah, this is. I mean, this is a different level, obviously, where you know, because I'm I'm talking about people that are just playing at home, maybe streaming on Twitch and whatever, and you're talking about like you know, esports coaches and stuff where there's money at stake and there's you know, trophies and whatever. A lot of, of money at stake. Yeah, a lot of money. So it's, it, it's a lot more of a serious situation as opposed to me at home just playing with my you know friends and that and getting little camera glitches and stuff so i i, I understand the fundamental difference uh you know there's, there's nothing at stake if i win or lose the game it's just you know my team will either be happy or annoyed or whatever um but um yeah i mean you know people cheat in these games and if they if there's multiple you know a lot a lot of money at stake uh they should be should be punished for it so um good that they've got caught and stuff and uh we'll see how that plays out i guess yeah yeah, absolutely. It's glad they got caught. Hopefully this they can fix problems from there. And weirdly, we've talked about cheating a lot on this podcast from various different things. Yeah, yeah. In this situation, I can understand why people do it. Obviously, I don't condone it. But since there is actual money at stake, at least I understand the desire to cheat. I completely reject the giving into that desire. I think that's despicable. But at least on that level it makes some kind of sense as to why. Like people that are cheating like Fall Guys or something like that to where there's no money, no prizes, and no real advantage to it never made any sense to me. This 
mm-hmm. least I can understand the theory behind it. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny with um I think both Call of Duty Warzone and Fall Guys did it where if you've cheated you basically get put into a lobby with other cheaters which I think is is kind of a funny ironic idea where like okay you want to cheat well you're not going to play with anyone that you can cheat against because those other players have previously cheated so they can do the same thing to you so you can all just punish each other I guess as opposed to mm-hmm. going into a normal public lobby and uh, you know cheating against somebody who can't uh, do it back to you so um and, and, again, and again enough, with those the, uh... And again, with those situations, those people are at home, and there's there's no money at stake or or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, weirdly enough, the uh, Forza series, um, not the Horizon, the uh, Forza Horizon, where it's more like a sporty kind of a thing, mm-hmm. but the uh, the Forza series to where it's more of the arcade of uh, the racy type. Does yeah yeah motorsport does that unintentionally? What it is is you have your driving preferences and your skill sets and your tendencies. And then the ghost drivers that you match up with in the races tend to drive like you drive. Yeah. So if you're like bouncing all over the place, you'll get messed up with people that bounce all over the place. <laughs> and they're not trying to like discourage, you know, specific behavior. They just unintentionally match those behaviors with people like yourself. So, mm. yeah. Uh, cool. All right. Let's move on from that. What else do you want to talk about? Well, the uh, embargo has lifted off of the Xbox Series X. A mm. few people have gotten builds that are not that are said to be not 100% final builds, but given how we're you know less than two months away from the game, the console being launched, you got to figure they're pretty darn close. So a couple three sites have uh, come out with their uh, um, impressions of everything. If you want a really really detailed um, although be it somewhat dry breakdown of it, Digital Foundry has like a half hour video on YouTube. Um, I'm for this you know podcast, I don't need to go in too much into that. Let's just say that the build definitely warrants upgrading. If you aren't kind of on the fence and you've been thinking about it, it's a definite buy if you can't afford it. Obviously, if you can't afford it, don't put yourself out over it. Right, right. Um, but the biggest breakdown is going to be in load times. Uh, so the article I'm actually specifically referencing is a GameStop article, a GameSpot article that did the same thing. You know, they broke down various aspects of it, and they go into more detail into the digital family. But the big thing is that your games will load significantly faster. So they've listed four games here: uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, Control, Final Fantasy 15, and The Outer Worlds. Uh, probably the smallest difference would be the Outer Worlds on the Xbox One X. It had a load time of 43 seconds. On the Series X, it was 11 seconds. Uh, the next big difference is Control. It had a load time of 58 seconds on the One X and 10 seconds on the Series X. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 on the One X was a 1 minute 11 second load. On the Series X, it was a 13-second load. Easily, the biggest difference in load time is Red Dead 2. And I can attest to this. I have played Red Dead 2. It takes forever to load on my S. And even on the One X, it is a 2-minute, 8-second load. And on the Series X, it's a 38-second load. So just in that, the games are going to run 
significantly faster in getting to a play state. Uh, the digital foundry goes into more frame rate, you know, things like that. And they're very kind of hedging some things. They're like, you know, this isn't the final build. Uh, there's some things we can't test. But a lot of the games that run on a consistent 30 frames on the 1X, they can get consistently 58 to 60 frames a second in on the, the Series X. So in terms of power, it's also up there a lot. Uh, if you're like me and you just love getting into the minutia of that, I would definitely check out the, the uh, Digital Foundry YouTube video because they go way deep into that. Um, but yeah, if it's if you've been on the fence, this video will at least justify the cost of the Series X for the five hundred dollars US. In that, how much better it is just over the One X. Not to mention if you like me and you got a One S, or if you're even still rocking the original launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean Microsoft. There's no doubt uh, that Microsoft is building, you know, a great future for the Xbox. Uh, ever since Phil Spencer's come in and Game Pass has happened, and they've brought however many studios, and then uh, is it Zenimax, Bethesda, uh, yep. company, um, brought Bethesda and and whatever, and now has access to loads of great IP and all that sort of stuff, and that fits in really well with Game Pass because they they really really are in a position now to where okay they've got. More, more, more than a couple of really great running consoles because you've still got the Xbox One X, which is great. You've still got the Xbox One S, which is still a pretty good console. Uh, and then the Series S and Series X and all that. Because uh, I think arguably, you know, if you went to get an Xbox One now, which is still what I've got anyway, uh, it's not going to be um, you know as good and it's not going to run as well. But yeah, you've got lots of different options in terms of consoles. One that is only like $300 if you don't need or want a uh, disk drive. Uh, it's just the case. It really is just the case to me now of with Xbox to start. Not in terms of exclusives, but um, I don't know. To start really putting some, some brand new games on Game Pass. Because it's great. It, it It is, you know a spectacular value in, in terms of um all, all the you know previous games that have been put on air on there and some old games and uh you know they've got the backwards compatibility with xbox and xbox 360 and xbox one uh, and then obviously xbox series x games will, will be on there and stuff so they're, they're really building a great platform and a great future and everything it's just yeah. it's just uh it's just a case of a little bit of waiting for okay when Hellblade 2 gets here and Halo Infinite gets here and all, all these other, you know, Gears of War 6 probably eventually gets here and then when Bethesda starts to make uh, games for Game Pass and whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, the easiest comparison to be, like, say you're you're into cars. There's no denying that Aston Martin is a beautiful car. Mm. Anybody that says any Aston Martin isn't a great car needs to be locked up and thrown away and throw them in a hole and then throw away the hole. Every car they've made for as long as I can remember has been just beauty and grace personified. I mean, occasionally there'll be a little off year on some models, but those are the exceptions, not the rule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But in terms of raw speed and tech, they do not compare to Bugatti Veyron. It's Mm -hmm. like worlds apart. And that's not taking anything away from the Aston Martin. I would love to be able to afford an Aston Martin. But that's still not a Veyron. Mm-hmm. And just to bring up something else as well, I was going to do a whole podcast on this because I've got quite a lot to say actually. Um, but I'll just sort of mention the idea here. 
I still do think ultimately in order for... Because like I said, everything Xbox has set up has been great. Game Pass, you know, all the cool load, load times and whatever with the Xboxes and the low price point And you can get Game Pass on whatever at this point. That's all really, really good. I really do still feel that when Sony comes out with, you know, God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West and Spider-Man Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2 and whatever Naughty Dog does next and this and that and this and that and in Ratchet and Clank and Sackboy and everything else, um, I do still feel like that's going to stand out more just because of you know, PlayStation over the last three to four years has really proved themselves in terms of the exclusives they've got to hand and, you know, whatever is next for Uncharted and on and on and on. Um, and it's just, it's just, it's still the main point of contention for me as to, okay, Xbox has set up this really great ecosystem, but what can they, what are they then ready to put on it? And I think that's the next big part of, uh, competition for the two of them. Um, and I've got, like I said, I've got a whole podcast worth of material I can kind of get into for that, but, uh, and I don't, I don't know if I will or won't do that. I just kind of sharing the idea, but, um, that's, I think that's still kind of the sticking point a little bit. Um, so, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, and, and we'll see how this plays out within I don't know a year, eighteen months, or whatever. So, yeah, and it's one of those things that there's arguments on both sides for Microsoft locking all their uh, studios that they own to the Microsoft platform. Um, probably the biggest reason I can think of not to do that is because Sony did that a lot with a lot of their studios that they bought and they locked them down to playstation only and there's they no longer exist and these are some good studios uh game republic which made the genji series folklore uh folklore dark mist uh incognito which did the twisted metal and warhawk series uh zipper interactive which did the socom u.s navy seals mag unit 13 um sec studio liverpool which did uh, some f1 series and the list goes all in, and on and on and then the counter argument to that is that microsoft isn't just their console they've got the console and the pc so if they did lock them down to just microsoft own stuff there's more um options for getting those games out so it's gonna be really interesting to see if they do it if they do a time i'm of the opinion that anything that's Microsoft Studio is going to be a timed exclusive, like three months, six months. Mm-hmm. Um, just make them wait for the sake of making them wait because then you're still going to get the sales. But then, you know, some people that, like, really want to play this game or that game, they, you know, if they want to do that earlier, then they'll get the the Xbox console or get it on PC as part of either their purchase or Game Pass. Yeah. And then that's where the value of Game Pass is really going to come in and the subscribers are really going to start rolling in it's like oh i don't have to pay 80 dollars for this next gen game i can pay 10 bucks a month and get 200 games Mm. yeah i would be very interested in the situation where microsoft turns around and says like okay the next skyrim sony on xbox the next uh you know the next games from bethesda specifically are uh, xbox only just to see now i don't think that's actually going to happen so i think this is a bit more of the hypothetical situation just to see if sony would turn around and say okay we need more studios or if sony would turn around and say no we're fine and just to see how that would play out over the course of like three to four years or something to see what sony would come out with like okay yes they got god of war and horizon all the stuff that i just mentioned 
But if Microsoft turned around and said, like, next Fallout, it's ours. Next Doom game, it's ours. Next Wolfenstein game, it's ours. You know, Starfield or whatever uh, that comes out of Bethesda is ours. Just just to see purely what Sony would do about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course... Well, well, yeah. No, go on. Well, see, that's the interesting thing about that is Sony can't really do anything about that um hmm. microsoft has multiple divisions not just the console and the pc gaming that are very very profitable that's why they paid and probably kind of overpaid a little bit for the seven and a half billion for Zenimax studios to get all those uh properties and all those ips sony couldn't have afforded that i mean outside of playstation most of sony's divisions lose money bad um, they've completely shuttered most of their electronics um, divisions. I don't even remember the last time I've seen the Sony TV for sale anywhere. Mm. Um, LG's pretty much gobbled up all that market, um, along with Samsung. Yeah. Um, Sony used to make computers back in the day when I was your age. They haven't done that in pff, like 15 years at a minimum. So there's a there's a lot of overhead at Sony and not a lot of income. I don't even think they would have been able to buy anything i mean that's you know when we were speculating about who could sony buy i'm not sure who they would want to buy that they could afford hmm. yeah microsoft's I mean, got enough money to air condition hell if they wanted to <laughs> yeah i mean the option sony would have is okay who could we buy it doesn't have to be somebody as big as bethesda it could be someone small or okay can we open up a new studio and do something with that but again that's a hypothetical situation that we'll see in 18 months, two years, whatever. So, uh, cool. Let's move on from that. What else do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I want to stay with uh, Microsoft and Bethesda a bit. This is a fun little story that uh, came out the other day. Um, there's been a lot of podcasts with uh, Todd Howard and uh, Pete Hines and all them. And uh, what was the... I'm trying to find the exact spot on that. Um Unfortunately, they didn't list it uh, in the article. Uh, a while back, if you remember, at uh, GDC, um, Todd Howard got a Lifetime Achievement Award. Absolutely deserves it. He's been the head of that Bethesda group for a while, and then some great games are coming out. Uh, when he was doing his accept- ex- uh, bleh, can't talk tonight. acceptance speech, he said out loud, I wonder how many achievements points this is worth. <laughs> Uh, somebody from uh, Microsoft contacted him, congratulated him on the trophy, and they said they'd find out. According to the article, a few months later, I was given a code to a game that they had created, named after me, and locked to only my account. When I ran it, it unlocked a single achievement, Lifetime, worth 1,000 points. It still sits on my list <laughs> when I check, and I smile every time. Uh, now, the article did note that uh, Todd Howard's gamertag or gamer score has never been released out to the public, so nobody outside of his friends know what that is and i gotta imagine he only lets people know that he knows aren't going to uh put that out there because now that you're not limited to the number of friends and that you can message pretty much anybody can you imagine how much his inbox would get bombarded with people if yeah. it if his gamer tag was publicly known yeah yeah not good situation so um cool so what did you want to talk about from this the Oh, just the fact that it's a fun little story. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's kind of fun, kind of cool. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, sure, I don't think I think Bethesda's been honestly pretty terrible over the last couple of years. But I don't have any personal hate towards Pete Hines or Todd Howard. They've never 
defended me in any way or whatever. You know, they've just tried they've just tried to run a video game company and not quite done it so well. You know, pe- people do that in their life. They they run they try to run businesses or even just life choices, and sometimes things just don't work out. Um, whether or not there's something more sinister going on at Bethesda that I don't know about, I can't actually speak about what that is because I don't know about what that is. But um, yeah, you know, that, yeah, I, I haven't liked their games for the last couple of years. I've been disappointed by them, but that doesn't mean that I hate those two guys. Um, but uh, yeah, now, now that they've you know been acquired by uh, Microsoft, we'll see um, how things go in terms of that. So, which yeah, I, I which I honestly do, on... which I honestly do think is a big kind of save for Bethesda. I think I said that last week, but yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think I said that last week as well. Is that my big hope is that this gives them the kick in the ass they needed to uh, yeah. do some things better. Um, really, longtime listeners of the podcast know that before Fallout Four came out, I was fanboying hard on it, like really, really hard. And then I played a lot of hours into it, and I enjoyed my time. But once you know the honeymoon period was kind of over, I started to see more and more flaws in it, and it's unfortunate that I don't love it as much as I did when I first got it. And I don't think I ever did get around to finishing up the last DLC just because I got tired of it being a murder fest. I was hoping for more like funny story, and it just never got there. Mm. And then, of course, 76 was kicked out the door at least a year and a half sooner than it needed to be. And I really, you know, that's something that Microsoft could have come in and said, no, this isn't done. We're delaying. And, but you know, it is what it is. And a bad launch was a bad launch. So, mm. yeah. Oh, and I did do a check real quick, um, for, uh, for game studios and companies for cash on hand. Uh, at least according to the, the financial article that I'm reading here, at the end of the third quarter, June, I'm sorry, second quarter, June 30th, 2020, Amazon, I'm sorry, Microsoft has $136.527 billion on hand. Uh, Sony has 5.7. Okay. Yeah. So Sony could not afford to buy anything, and Microsoft can literally afford to buy everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How much, just as a pure hypothetical, how much do you think Disney's worth now? hard telling they've gotten crushed by covid because i we talked about it on one podcast a long time back uh they were losing at one point like 30 million a day because all their theme parks were closed god knows how much they've lost not being able to crank out uh, movies and whatnot mm-hmm. that's part of what pissed me off with the mulan live action on disney plus it's like if they had charged five bucks for it, I would understand. You know, that was a bit of you know trying to make a little bit of money back, but charging thirty dollars for it, no, that's just a no. Yeah, yeah, I think five to ten would have been better, something like that. Yeah, people people would understand five to ten. It's like, yeah, everything's not great. I don't like paying more for a service that I'm already paying for, but I can kind of see it. You know, there wouldn't have been as much freak out over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. What else do you want to talk about today? Oh, we can stay on companies that have more money than they know what to do with. <laughs> Amazon introduced uh, their cloud gaming service, Luna. Uh, it unveiled its own cloud gaming service called Luna, which will use Amazon Web Services as its backbone. Uh, CNET is reporting the service is touting the ability to play anywhere, including iPhone and iPad. You can request early access to the service starting today. And the article is from the 26th, so that's three days old. Uh, 
there's a big difference between this and Microsoft's xCloud and Google Stadia, uh, respectively. Um, the big thing is they both run into Apple's pretty strict policies when it comes to streaming devices and iOS devices. Apple's probably going to change its rule at some point because, you know, they're competitors with Microsoft in literally nothing anymore. I mean, people still buy Apple computers, but they're a fraction of the market that they used to be. Um, so there's no real competition there. Uh, it'll be curious to see how this affects a lot of things because we have talked about it a couple times. Amazon does own a game publishing studio, but they've not really published any games on it. What have they uh, done Amazon... I know they did that Top Gear <sighs> game, but I haven't heard anything about that. And that wasn't there like, was some... that wasn't like six there... months ago. That was a few years ago. Yeah. So... There was some MMO that came out like really, really recently that uh, they were giving keys to streamers to stream on Amazon, which is another big advantage that uh, Amazon has with their streaming service is that they do own Twitch and Microsoft shut down Mixer. Uh, so again, that's still it weird to really me that they did that, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I always give Microsoft credit for giving it all their effort. They definitely tried to make Mixer work. Yeah. Um, I honestly think the problem was is that they should have gone after like a bunch of tier two and tier three streamers. Like, you know, don't get Ninja and Shroud. Yeah, he's going to bring a few people over. But if you, you can get like 15 people for the price of Ninja and get maybe twice the audience. Um, yeah. So, and not pay a tenth of the cost. Um, so yeah. that would have probably been a more advantageous but you never know it's one of those things you never really know mm -hmm. like with their streaming service um they sell digital versions of games you can go on and buy a code to download so you don't know how much that's going to stream how much the competitors of microsoft might get in bed with that um it's there's a lot of questions and since they just announced it we don't really have a whole lot of answers yeah the thing for me with this um the amazon uh, gaming thing is unless you've got exclusives and I'm not talking about timed exclusives like strict exclusives that are going to be on the service I don't really see the the reason for this because this, if this is going to be another third party thing where like hey Division's going to be on here and you know all, all these like third party games for some reason I can't think of any other titles at the moment like Red Dead Redemption 2 or Tomb Raider or something like that um I just don't think that that's really needed, um, and yeah. I, I, other than that, like I, I saw this information, I thought like, okay, I think Amazon's better equipped than Google. I think to do this, uh, I still don't think that streaming is the future of gaming. I'm still going to stick with that. I still think that downloading games, however long that can take, which we'll get onto in a minute with Call of Duty, <laughs> with, with however long that can take. I just I still stand by the argument that you know even if a game takes two days to download, um, you and you have a you know a downloaded version of the game as opposed to one that you're going to be streaming, I'd much rather always go for the downloaded version because still at the end of the day people don't understand the difference between uh, like some people have said okay oh you know you stream video and this and that on Netflix that's such a different process. Um, to where like okay you've got a filmed and edited piece of video that you're streaming as opposed to a game with inputs and input lag and whatever and the game doesn't know what you're going to press next so it 
can't be ready in sort of the same way as opposed to just playing a video off a streaming service. Um, but yeah, I'll always go for, for the um, option of you know downloading a game and then playing it once it's once it's downloaded and stuff. So this isn't something I particularly care for or really need or whatever. Um, I, I, the same as the same thing with Google Stadia. I'd be curious just to try it and see how it works and see what the frame rates and lag and everything is like. Uh, but other than that, I've got no other interest to really get this. And unless, like I said, there's some exclusive games that really look good to me and that I want to play, or if they partner with someone to make a, a game or something, um, I've got no other particular interest. How about you? Yeah, I don't really have any interest either. Like we talked about at the start of the podcast, I do have uh, Ultimate for the next almost three years, so pretty much any game that goes on that, I'm going to have. Streaming until we get a saturation rate of at least 60% high-speed, gig-speed internet. Streaming is always going to be a very niche market. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of companies pushing towards that. Yeah. But uh, fiber gig-speed is still expensive. I really, really wish I could get a newer number. But the only number that I've ever been able to find was back from 2008. So obviously the dollar amount is not accurate anymore. But that was the last number that I could find. And it was saying that a mile of fiber just in material alone was almost $60,000 to lay. That's not counting like labor costs and construction costs and, Mm, you know, fuel costs and everything else. So it's not cheap to lay fiber, especially when you have to put a lot of work into it, like going between the big cities. When you're in the cities, you know, you have like sewer lines and other access lines and easier ways to lay it. Um, and it obviously is the future and the internet speeds are going that way eventually. So I don't have a problem with people, you know, getting, trying to get ahead of the curve as it were, but it's just the, the latency is always going to be an issue. And, you and I both listen to other gaming podcasts where they talk about the streaming service on PlayStation just not working very well. Yeah. I've never even tried it. I've never, I mean, if I could get like a month free and make sure that it didn't try to auto bill me, I would love to at least try it because I have halfway decent internet speeds and I'm on, I've always lived, I've lived in a city now for like four years to where you can get consistently good, clean internet connections. And so I'd love to try it just because, you know, some cities aren't really great with that, but mm. I just have no desire to stream a game. I'd rather download it and play it. For me as well, as someone who likes to be hit with an emotional story, as I said at the start with Last of Us, there's no way I'd want to be just just nervous as to like, oh, Ellie's having this scene with whoever, or like there's a, you know Spider-Man or whatever future game I'm playing. And like, oh, can Spider-Man save that person? Or like, oh, someone's just about to get shot. Is it going to happen? And then the game like either stutters through the scene or cuts out or something. No, no one wants that. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, maybe there's a way in 10 or 15 years where that's going to be working a lot better. But at least for the immediate future, I don't want that in any way, shape or form. So, yeah. Because yep. uh, I think that that's just gonna well, it's gonna ruin your whole experience, really, of the of a single player game. And goodness me, I couldn't imagine playing, um, you know, the, these really sort of uh, careful shooters and stuff where you have to be really precise and everything. And you, you you've already got a little bit of latency with running a multiplayer game anyway. Um, and like you know, when when you go to shoot someone really 
carefully or whatever and then there's there's lag involved with that so yeah yeah just imagine like the call of duties or whatnot trying to do that as a streaming service <laughs> yeah yeah i go to plant the bomb and then i don't know yeah it doesn't work so anyway what else do you want to talk about today uh, well, the last thing that I have is we're going to stay on Amazon. Uh, they've done a teaser announcement for Prime Day. Uh, Prime Day is obviously kind of like Black Friday or Cyber Monday where they just give you discounts. So it looks like they're doing this kind of ahead of that November date. Uh, the start time is Tuesday, uh, October 13th at 12 a.m. Pacific, um, which is 3 a.m. my time, which is 8 a.m. your time. And then the end time is Wednesday, October 14th at midnight Pacific, which is 3 a.m. and 5 a.m. Uh, they haven't shared any specific uh, discounts yet, but there's always you know, 30, 40, 50% off on these, uh, the gaming membership. So if you want to re-up your PS Plus or your gold or whatnot, if you can find gold for sale, then that's always usually pretty decently discounted. And it's just one of those things that, you know, it's a it's a sale, so always take advantage of sales if you can. Mm-hmm. I tried to. I I must have brought this up on the podcast a few months ago. I brought the um, Ellie statue, the one where she's holding the bow and arrow, because I think that there's mm-hmm. I think there's three different ones. There's one where she's holding a, a guitar. There's one where she's holding a bow bow and arrow, and there's one where she's got a like machete or something, something like that. Anyway, I can't quite remember the other one. Um, I pre-ordered it. But at some point before August, because it was supposed to get dispatched on the 29th of August. It's now actually, well, it's the 29th of September. And I remember when it got to, I think the day after the date it was supposed to be sent. And I just got an email saying, okay, we'll update you when we have more. Uh, now, it's funny that that happened as well, because we did have um, uh, Last of Us Day, which is being, uh, it was called Pandemic Day, but Neil Druckmann renamed it to Last of Us Day, uh, September 26th. Which is the day... I don't think it's the day the first game came out. I think it was the the day in the game when the pandemic started. Um, which is still in 2013. Because in the, the canon world of Last of Us, the pandemic started in 2013. And there's a lot of references to that. I think it was the 26th of September. Uh, so Neil kind of renamed the, the day to Last of Us Day and stuff. Um, and they talked about, you know, here's all these like statues and other... Just lots of Last of Us stuff that you can get. Uh, and they showed the, the the same statues, and I think that they revealed the the new one as well, which was the the machete one for Ellie. But yeah, it's been like a month. I just haven't heard anything. I'm not going to cancel my pre-order because I still want to buy it, but uh, I don't exactly know what happened with that. Because uh, I, I I'm bringing that up because I also ordered that through Amazon um, as well. But uh, are you planning to get anything yourself? Uh, don't know. It really kind of depends on what the sale is and what's available. Yeah. So, um, it might be one of those things that I see something amazing and I'm like, yes, or, you know, there's nothing really there. Um, so it just kind of depends. Have you had the situation happen to you that I've just described? Like you go to pre-order something and then you get an email saying, we'll let you know when it's like available or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a couple pre-orders that I've got now delayed. I've got a pump, uh, Funko Pop of Johnny Silverhand that was supposed to be a month ago, and now it's saying like October seventeenth. So sometimes now, you you talking about the Johnny Silverhand 
thing? Yeah, I, I, I have a Funko Pop, a Johnny Silverhand, and it's saying now October 17th, so we'll see if I actually get it. Okay. Is that the... um? Oh, God, I've forgotten the actor's name. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. Reeves. Is that, that's his character, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll both get emails about that at some point. I don't know. So, uh, but, yeah, look out for Amazon Prime Day soon and uh, go and try and get some stuff. So, uh, did you say that was the last thing you had to talk about? Yeah, that's the last thing I've got. Cool. Uh, I'm going to move on to uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Season 6. Where's my recorder gone? There it is. Just trying to keep an eye on that. Alright, so Call of Duty Modern Warfare Season 6 is available to go and install, update, download, whatever you want to call it. Uh, This was probably the quickest update that I've had with the game. It only took... Usually it takes about a day and a half. And it's not the update that takes me a day and a half. It's the fact that for some reason every time I have to reinstall the whole game. Now this time it only took, I think, 18 hours or so. Now some of that obviously is, you know, overnight uh, installs where I can just leave the PS4 in rest mode and it, you know, can just install and everything like that. But uh, I don't know, it was just surprisingly a bit quicker than before. Uh, But anyway, what comes with this season is, uh, so launch week. Uh, Now I don't care about the Warzone stuff, but I'm going to just read it out. Uh, Warzone map update, you can go to the subway system. New limited time Warzone mode is called Advanced Royale. I've got no idea what that is, but that's there available. Uh, new operators, Farah and Nikolai. Uh, Farah is a character from the... I think they're all characters from the campaign in some way, shape or form. But uh, Farah, I remember doing her uh, mission as well, which was pretty good. Uh, took place in the Ramaza map, the uh, the campaign mission. I never did actually finish the campaign, so I should go and do that. But uh, I'm always just playing the multiplayer we do have two new weapons uh both of which i've seen neither of which i've unlocked because i've only played about two hours of the new season you've got the what does that say sp2 now the writing's a little bit small so i can't quite see it uh sps269 i I think that's what it says it's a new marksman rifle and uh one of my friends unlocked it today because he brought the battle pass now you know that's entirely up to him if he wants to spend the money and buy the battle pass and because it's only ten dollars per season which is much much cheaper than certain other games that i don't want to mention anymore <laughs> but uh yeah he went and bought that i i i've only i bought the i bought the battle pass for the first season just because i was curious about what that would do or whatever um but for all the other seasons i've not bought the battle pass um i did for one of the seasons i think last season have enough points to get the battle pass which i must have gotten in game because i didn't put any other money into the game uh so that unlocked it for that but uh yeah he was using that now he did say and i did see in one of his kill cams that it's a good bolt action sniper rifle but it's really really slow and i said you know if you went once you unlock sight of hand for it you can put that on it and it will make it a lot faster um it's just it's an interesting gun really because it's one where you can't put sight of hand on it straight away because obviously you have to unlock that um, but it's got a lot of power on it. It's pretty much a one-shot gun, one one hit gun. Sorry, a one-shot. You, you know what I mean? One kill sort of gun. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just really, really slow. Now it's interesting that that was brought up as well because there was a sniper. I can't remember the name of it, but it's the it's the only sniper on the game that you can get explosive rounds for. That's got a really, really slow reload. But it, again, it's these guns that you take the power over the speed, but eventually you can like, unlock sight of hand for these guns. And you, you're not going to need something like FMJ for a gun like that. 
Uh, so you can just get sight of hand eventually and make the gun not really, really quick, but just quicker than what it was. So uh, there's that. Again, I haven't used either of these guns, so I can't really tell you my uh, opinions. I don't know when I'll get them unlocked, but uh, we shall see. The other one is an assault rifle, which is the AS Val. Uh, I haven't seen anyone use that, I don't think. Um, I think someone on the other team today got a kill with it, but obviously I didn't see that so because that was the other team but um yeah always good to have have new guns it gives you something to uh try and go towards and unlock which is good i uh, got some new multiplayer maps we've got the something tank factory this writing is a bit small and even though i've got good eyes it's just a bit a bit blurred uh, a new tank factory uh, i think that's a warzone map somebody mentioned today that that's only a warzone the one that did get added however for multiplayer and I did actually get a chance to play on it today is called broadcast and it's basically well you know broadcast kind of radio station you, you know like how you'd have your morning news kind of programs and things like that a full sort of studio mm -hmm. uh, it's one of them sort of maps now I read on the social media release for this game that this is a map from Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare now it's been a long time since I played Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare I don't remember this map from that game and obviously that's arguably still the best Call of Duty game, but I just don't particularly remember it. Uh, played on it today, really, really liked it actually. I really like the layout of it. Uh, there's a lot of just kind of interesting kind of corridors and stuff. It's just it's just nicely laid out, basically. So that that was good. Uh, got a new gunfight map. I don't play gunfight's cool. It's it's good to do when it's just maybe two of you, which it's it's a two v two mode anyway. Uh, but a new gunfight map was added called Station. I haven't seen that yet, so I can't give you my uh, thoughts on that. Um, new, Another new ground war map. You see how much they're putting into ground war? How much emphasis they're putting into that? But um, yeah, uh, Vernadesk, uh, Riverside. I have no idea what that looks like because I haven't been on it. A uh, new multiplayer mode called Killstreak confirmed, which sounds interesting because the Killstreak's obviously to do with your... Um, well, your kill streaks and what you you earn from that. There is already a game mode called uh, called Kill Confirmed, which is basically uh, you shoot the enemy and they drop a little tag, and in order to get the points for your team, you have to pick up those tags. And if one of your teammates dies, you can go over and pick that tag up and deny them the point. So I don't know what Kill Streak Confirmed would be, but we'll have to um, have a look out for that. I'm going to try to get you to guess this next one because I don't know if you'll be able to. They've added a new finishing move into the game. Now finishing moves, just to quickly explain, if you manage to sneak up behind someone and press and hold the melee button, you'll get this fancy little, you know, execution thing. You'll either stab them or turn around and shoot them or hit them over the head or some sort of like assassination type of thing. They've added a new... I'll say animal. They've added a new animal to the selections. Now you've previously been able to use a dog and a bird. Because the bird will actually peck at the player's eyes and kill them somehow. What animal do you think they've added for the finishing moves? Just just take a guess. Uh, well, if you're making me guess, and it has to be something really obscure. So I'm going to go with the sea lion. No, it's not a sea lion. I'll give you a little hint. It's one that is associated with a popular DC character. Sort of. See, I don't know DC characters that well enough to guess that. Well, what, what, Maybe one of, the, one of the most popular Super ones. Dog, like Crypto, or whatever his name is. It's a uh, vampire bat. Obviously, I was referring to Batman with that. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, which is a little bit weird to add to a sort of 
grounded modern military shooter game but it, it's not going to break the game for me you know and it's only a finishing move so it's, it's not like people are going to be able to shoot vampire bats at me and I have to run away from them or whatever uh, this is just for a finishing move and it's well you can't do anything once you're into a finishing move unless your teammate shoots the person that's assassinating you before they kill you there's nothing you can do so it's not like people are going to be I'm not going to be running away from bats on this game basically so uh, but yeah they've done that obviously to tie in I think to Halloween and stuff because the other thing that they've added is an in-season thing so from the October 20th to the 3rd of November there's a haunting of uh, Vedansk Vedensk, uh, new limited time mode and a lot of people are suspecting that this is a zombie mode which they are going to be doing for the upcoming uh, Black Ops Cold War game uh, there's also been some people talking about leaks today. They are going to potentially add a Michael Myers operator that you can use, and possibly a um, what's the guy called from uh, Saw? Um, something, something jigsaw. Face. Jig, jigsaw. Yeah, jigsaw. jigsaw. Uh, like just just a sort of costume thing you can use for them. Which if again if it doesn't break the game in terms of like it being a modern military shooter and, and that sort of stuff I'm I'm fine with that so we'll see what that looks like I don't know too much about that yet they did uh, they did this little trailer and like the last 10 seconds of it are just a little teaser for that so uh, that's pretty good a uh, new melee weapon they've added as well is going to be a butterfly knife it's a new knife nothing too fancy there it does say and more as well so I'm imagining because usually we get every time we get a season update you sort of get a mid-season update as well so it's like a part two of the same season so i'm guessing they're going to reveal more eventually uh just quickly as well new multiplayer modes um week two uh is going to be hard points um hard points something and kills uh gun game tdm um hardcore firefights gunfight tournament and tdm snipers only which sounds kind of interesting so uh but the things that matter to me most is the new broadcast map the um yeah there's only one map that i'm really going to be playing on because all the others are for warzone and the two new guns which are the main points as well you know you work to unlock them and then once you have them you on you work to sort of upgrade bits and pieces for them so yeah overall i am fairly happy with it there's still a lot of emphasis on warzone which i'm not particularly happy about but that's just because i don't play warzone but uh yeah that's your call of duty season six update which will mainly be for me so uh that's that as well uh moving on from that just want to have a little conversation about two different things here we'll talk about one first and then the other uh so what did you think of the situation of the PS5 and Xbox Series X and X X and S sorry uh pre-orders people kind of refreshing pages and all that sort of thing I think the actual process itself to call it a clusterfuck would be an insult to functioning clusterfucks <laughs> I only give Microsoft a slight edge because at least they set a time and date for the pre-orders and stuck to it. If you didn't follow Jeff Keighley on Twitter, you literally had no idea when everything was popping off. And even then, you still probably missed it because he was ahead of the retailers who weren't ready at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so did you plan to pre-order anything or did you get a pre-order? or? Anything? I never planned to pre-order a PS5. Like I said before, it's not that I dislike the playstation platform i own a ps4 it's just i don't really pay it enough 
play it enough to justify the $500 price. Mm -hmm. As for the Xbox, I never got the ability to do that. It would never load a page to say, you know, wait for pre-order and not pre-order. It would just setting up random pages so I couldn't even actually access the page to see if it was available or not until like two days ago mm-hmm. yeah uh, to me I, I didn't attempt to look at any pre-order pages or anything I was just seeing people online talk about uh, the, the process and everything um, I've kind of settled on the idea of maybe not getting a PS5 until some point early-ish next year because if as they've announced uh, Sackboy and um, Spider-Man Mars Morales are going to be on PS4. I might just play them on PS4. And then with Astro's... Mm-hmm. Is it Playground? Playroom? I can't remember what it's called. The the, net, the new Astro um, bot game that's that's coming out. Which I don't think is going to be on PS4 because it's got all the DualSense features and all that. Um, I'm just going to play that whenever I get a PS5. But I don't, I don't feel at the moment in any particular sort of rush. So maybe, you know, post-Christmas next year at some point um, when there's perhaps more of them available that's when i'll maybe try and get one but because as, as i said that the launch titles uh, that they've the series of, x the, the ps5 what, what why did you say that yeah i'm kind of hoping that i can get a series x by the time i get cyberpunk because i kind of want to christen the console on with that game okay. and if i do get it um after the fact and i have to like load up a save file from that um, then I'll have like the visual comparison and the load time comparison because I got to figure that thing might run a little chunky on my One S if the game is as big as I think it's going to be and as graphically detailed as I think it's going to be. But if I don't get it on day one, I, I'm not going to freak out. Um, mm-hmm. I ideally I want to get it before Christmas. Um, but if it if I just if it's not available until after the new year, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Have you so have you physically or digitally pre-ordered Cyberpunk? I can't remember what you said. Yeah, I I did I physically pre-ordered Cyberpunk like well over a year ago. I think I did it like the day after that one hour demo came out. Right, right. And we talked about that and I said I had hadn't seen anything on it forever and then they dropped that bomb on us and that was just such an <laughs> awesome demo that that's the la- that was literally the last time I pre-ordered a game. Everything after that, I've always waited for it to come out. Cool, cool. Um, but yeah, like I said, it, with um, Sackboy and with uh, Spider-Man, I'm probably just going to play those on PS4. So, and then, because uh, Horizon's next year, isn't it? Potentially. Mm-hmm. And Ratchet uh, is next uh, year, uh, I think. Yeah, I don't see it being that close out. I don't know how long the development cycle has been. Yeah, yeah. But I know it hasn't been like the four years you would need really to have that game. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty much my plans with that. So I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, that situation. Uh, just want to talk a little bit about this Spider-Man PS5 sale. I know he sale uh, save file. Sorry, uh, I know we sort of talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, there was a little uh, conversation on kind of funny games daily between Greg Miller and uh, Gary Witter. I think his name is. And Gary was kind of bringing up the pretty fair point about like, okay, these consoles are six weeks out or close to that. Whatever. Uh, I know there's a bit of a difference between Europe and and uh american stuff but we're we're a few weeks out from these consoles and he straight up basically asked greg you know if he if he unplugs his ps4 plugs his ps5 in can he go to spider-man 
um, on on his on his uh, PS5 and load the save file. And there is no actual clear. I mean, the answer they've put out is that it won't be available at the moment. But yeah, it's just I I don't know. It's just yeah. Did you have any thoughts on that? On what he said and everything? I I didn't see it, so I really couldn't comment on what he said. Okay, fair enough. Um, no, I did find more specifics as to the ordering of it. Um, this, the standard edition for just uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales game, which does come with the Spider-Man game, but none of the DLC, is fifty dollars. Uh, the ultimate edition is seventy dollars, and that's exclusive to the PS5. Um, and that's just going to be the PS5 remaster of the original Spider-Man. It does doesn't say if it's got any of the dlc in it um but yeah i mean it's still the whole locking parts of it behind the ps4 versus the ps5 is not the best look for sony mm-hmm. I, ju- I just don't understand if you've got it's literally built into ps plus if you've got a cloud system why can't why can't you just pull that from the cloud and just and just use it i i i don't get that so yeah, we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, it's a strange situation, certainly, for, for Spider-Man on PS5. Uh, let's move into some emails. We do have a fair few this week, so we should go through those. If you would like to send in your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments, or maybe concerns about video games or anything related to Entertainment Talk, org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's contact page and information in your show notes. Harrison returns and says, after hearing Matt's massive hate for the Avengers game, I decided to get me and my son the Lego Marvel Superheroes 2 game, which you recommended. Thanks for that. Um, I mean, like like we said, at the end of the day, we can't tell you what to buy or what to enjoy or how to enjoy it. That's, you know, you, you, you do what you want with your own wallet or your own money at the end of the day. If you enjoy a game more or less than us, that's fine as well. Uh, it's entirely up to you. But, uh, no, I'm glad that you you and your son uh, got that game. I, I do remember playing I think it came out, came out two years ago, three years ago. I got it on Switch. I remember playing it. Uh, it's just this massive crossover with all the... Uh, Lego Marvel uh, characters. It was quite good, uh, and there was like a multiverse kind of thing going on, which um, was a little bit ambitious for a Lego game, but they pulled it off uh, fairly well, I thought. But um, like we always say, you know, if you're buying if you're buying stuff and you're enjoying it and you're you're happy with what you spent your money on, uh, that's great as well. So, um, any thoughts on uh, that situation? Yeah, I'm glad that he's enjoying the game. Like, I think I did say that those Lego games tend to have a whole lot of grinding in it to unlock all the things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so hopefully that won't drive you much, drive you nuts too much and drive any enjoyment out of the game because of that. Yeah. Uh, that's part of the reason why I don't play those games is that I get to the point where I just get frustrating of having to grind for things. Uh, but, you know, you know, maybe with kids it's a different story to where they can do that and play that for hours on end and not have to other things to think about I, I that's just not anything i can do so sure uh but yeah we hope you continue to enjoy that um peter says are there any games not currently announced that you think are happening for next gen i think that uh metal gear remaster is possible there were some rumors about metal gear is being remastered for ps5 and i'm just not going to believe it until i see it we do have a metal gear specific question in a little bit so i'll talk about that um there can you think of any and i'm not talking about things like i don't know the next uncharted game because i think that's possible things that like don't have 
any any kind of indication i suppose that you think are maybe on the horizon uh nothing we've really heard any kind of whisperings about but i would love a new fallout game with better writing that's really what kind of talk you know made me fall out of love with the franchise was the writing of four and i touched on it a little bit but if you go back to like three in new vegas uh there's several quest lines and there's several factions to where uh you can like find a peaceable route through this or you can find a negotiated path through this whereas with four everything was just go here and murder everything Hmm. and they really they really steered hard into that go here and murder everything thing and I really don't know why they did that, but that's what they did. Um, and that especially showed in that last DLC that came out to where you basically had three factions of raiders that you were trying to win over two of to wipe out the third and then just declare yourself, you know, supreme commander of all the raiders, mm. which I, if that's what you're interested in, you know, go for it. That just wasn't what I was interested in. So, But we will get a new Fallout game eventually. I don't see that anytime in the next three or four years, yeah. um, just because of the the total clusterfuck that was seventy six. You got to get that taste out of your mouth. Mm. Um, outside of that, I really can't think of any franchise that hasn't either been announced on some level, at least in theory, at least in like you know we're looking into it or things like that. That I can really jump off the top of my head and say yeah we need more of that Mm. yeah yeah i'm kind of struggling a little bit to think of games like that as well i can only at the moment i'm sitting here thinking of different games and stuff i can only think of games i don't think we're going to see get announced um i don't think you're ever going to see dead space again uh i think you will see mass effect again I don't know. We're definitely going to get a remaster trilogy of the first three games at some point. Um, if you follow any gamers on YouTube that cover news, they've all talked about that at some point. Mm. To where supposedly it's called like the N7 trilogy, and it's like a full, you know, next gen remaster of it. Um, yeah, and I'm there, okay with that. There's a um, lot of work that you'll need to do with the first one. Well, not even so much with the first one, just because the first one was only on the, the 360. It was only like back. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. So the PS th- PS3 um, as part of that trilogy. That's the first time the PS, you know, PlayStation players got the chance to play that. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of bug fixes that needed to be done to the first one, but nothing that you know couldn't be achieved with a solid team, you know, and it's been all but confirmed that we're getting it. Um, I think the latest thing I saw was like March, 2021. Supposedly it was supposed to come out like this month, but everything slowed everything else down. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you'll see dead space again. Um, personally for me, I, I don't think mirror's edge is going to make any sort of comeback. I think that something would have been talked about with that. Uh, mm-hmm. do you think you'll see mass effect? I think it will be that remastered trilogy. Uh, and I think that will be a good refresher for uh, for the series. Um, I'm still going to stand by with Castlevania, Silent Hill, and Metal Gear Solid. I don't think you'll see any new games from those uh, or any remasters from them, those those franchises. Because we're going to talk in a minute about um, a PC port with with Metal Gear, uh, but that's not really that's not at all the same the same kind of thing. 
Um, I I think mm-hmm. those don't. I don't think anything's happening with those franchises. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I as much as I've been saying that over and over again, I'd love to see uh, the original uh, Metal Gear Solid games get remastered and the Silent Hill games get remastered and and some stuff happen with the Castlevania games. Um, but I just don't think it's going to. Uh, so other than that, I don't have any particularly on my mind. So. Um, I mean, I th- I could think of other things like Jedi Fallen Order two. I think we'll probably get, uh, but I think that's probably quite an obvious one because that that get first game did did pretty well, and there's lots of yeah. things you could do with that as well. So. And I would love to see a third Kotor game. I just don't see it happening. Hell, I'd love to see a second Jade Empire game. That if you haven't had a chance to play that, you can get it on Steam now, uh, fairly cheaply. And mm. it's if you're at all into the Bioware RPGs, that's a really that was I think their first big um console rpg i know it came out on the original xbox um and it eventually did make it way, its way to steam um amazing game you can see all like if you've played any of the modern um bioware rpgs you can see a lot of the genesis stuff they did in that game and plus it's not a sci-fi setting so it's not you know kotor not you know in space with lazy shooter thingies so <laughs> yeah uh, all right, let's move on from that. Rahim says, uh, "So did so, did Konami finally do something with Metal Gear by porting the old games to PC? What's your thoughts on the Metal Gear remaster rumors? I just think that they're rumors. Uh, I don't think that is happening. Again, yeah. if it does, I think that would be really good because uh, I think everybody who is a uh, Metal Gear fan wants that because they need to do something with Metal Gear. I'm not going to give Konami any credit for doing these ports to PC. I mean, somebody." went to work for Konami and did that. I'm not going to discount that somebody didn't do any work because uh, somebody obviously did press some buttons and do some things. Yeah. Um, but I'm not going to give Konami any credit for... Like, that's not me... I'm not going to turn around and say, oh, look, they're doing something with Metal Gear because they ported the... Uh, I think it was the original trilogy or or, or mm-hmm. some of the old games to PC. Like, cool. All right. Something that would never happen, I would love, I would cheer for it to happen, but something that would never happen, uh, since Microsoft has all this money that they can spare, I would love to get have them buy the IP of Metal Gear from Konami and then sell it to Kojima Productions for a dollar with the promise of the first game uh, in the next Metal Gear series to be Xbox exclusive. As a troll, I would love that never gonna happen but god that would be so funny if they did yeah yeah that would be really good uh especially the you know selling the kojima pot that would be mm-hmm. really good yeah um i wonder how he feels about what's happened with the metal gear games and stuff uh can't imagine I he's happy know. but you know he's 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 moved on he's doing death stranding and he's working with uh very talented people so uh good luck to him as well but um no i don't did you do you think they're gonna get remastered Probably games. not. I mean, the modding community, once those go on PC, I'm sure the modders, modders will uh, remaster everything, but I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Uh, Simone says, So, Robert, what are you hoping for with Cyberpunk, given everything we've seen? Any particular story, characters, or tech you'd like to see? Um, honestly, I'd love just for the game to be as enjoyable as I'm hoping it's going to be. I don't uh, know what's going to happen with it, but I just want it to be as good as it is in my mind. So, mm-hmm. so you're in the position that I was pre Last of Us 2, where we knew going into this year, Last of Us 2 was my most anticipated game. That was before I knew Crash 4 was even a thing. Um, 
I knew Last of Us 2 was my most anticipated. We've spoken for ages about how Cyberpunk is your most anticipated. And it's interesting because we've kind of moved into a new phase where, you know, Last of Us has come and gone. I've spoken endlessly about my experience. And you can certainly check that one off the box in a in a brilliant way. And now we've kind of moved into a new phase where we're pre-Cyberpunk. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm looking forward to playing Cyberpunk quite a lot. But I'm more excited for Crash and maybe some other games. Uh, but we've always known for a long time that, you know, Last of Us 2 was my, my game for this year that I was looking forward to and Cyberpunk was yours. And we've moved past the, well, I'm still going to talk about Last of Us 2, but we've, we've moved past the phase where, you know, I've experienced it and given my kind of verdict and everything. And now we're moving into the phase where you get to do that same thing, but for Cyberpunk. Uh, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. excited for that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we've kind of moved into the phase where you're just about to experience um, Cyberpunk. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. So, and I know that you are as well. So, uh, that's yep. good. Uh, and lastly, Lawrence says, so the COD Modern Warfare Season 6 info is out. Matt, uh, do you think this is the final season? And what do you think, what would you like to see added? Uh, I was talking to this about a couple of people that I was playing with today. I was like, okay, do you think this is, it hasn't been labeled as last season. And the new game is out in two months or so. Uh, November 10th? 11th I think it is for uh, Cold War which again I talked to a bunch of new people today and no one seems to like it um, from the alpha that they played uh, which can't be that much different because the game's going to be out really really soon Um, so I don't know I've been saying to some people are they they really going to keep updating Modern Warfare update Warzone on both sides because it will be both for Modern Warfare and for Cold War and update Cold War as well That's, that's just a lot of things to kind of keep updated um so mm-hmm. i i kind of don't think they will i think they'll phase out the multiplayer for um for uh modern warfare which is a shame because i don't really want to move to uh the black ops cold war game um but again you know like i said if my friends decide to do that and the multiplayer just dies for modern warfare i probably will end up doing that uh and sooner or later i'll get used to the the cold war game it just i just won't enjoy it as much as uh modern warfare um but I think it makes sense that this is the final season. If you've got this, and then you've got the October Halloween thing, and then probably like a small part two of season six, the game's going to be out. The next game's going to be out really, really soon after that. So I think it probably is, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So, and what would you like to see added? Uh, so I've had it in my mind for a long, long time now. This might sound kind of eventual, kind of controversial, just because of what's happened in these particular places. But bear, just bear in mind that I had this idea a long, long, long time ago. I remember when Call of Duty Four was out, and then we moved to Modern Warfare Two and the the, the World War game. This is back in two thousand eight, two thousand two thousand seven, eight, and nine. And this was probably because I was in school at the time. And, you know, I was talking to my friends almost on a daily basis about the game and about other stuff and and that sort of thing. And um, one of my friends brought up the idea and I agreed with him. And this was probably because we were at school and we were thinking about, like, the corridors and the rooms and stuff. This probably wouldn't, you know, politically work in 2020. But uh, I think a school would be kind of interesting to add to to the game. Now, that that will probably be quite controversial, you know, adding... uh, Adding a school map to a shooting game to which, you know, there's been a lot of school shootings and, and everything like that. And obviously I don't condone that behavior. I think that's horrible. But just in terms of the, the game 
itself. Obviously, there's not going to be any you know, kids in the game that you shoot or whatever. But just in terms of you, the, the hallway, the use of the hallways and the rooms and you know all that sort of thing. Um, but they, they never have added it, added a uh, a school to the game. Probably for smart reasons. You know that's probably not going to go down very well. Um, but again, this is an idea that me and me and a friend kind of talked about in 2008 when I was like 17 or however old I was. No, not. No, I was 16 in 2010 because that's when I left high school. So uh, when I was even maybe a little bit younger than that, I, I don't know. That's that's the rough sort of time period for that. Um, I know that's not a great idea because of all the school shootings and things that have happened. Um, but just in terms of the corridors and strategically how that would work out for the game, I think that would be an interesting idea. Um, what do you think of that? Yeah, I agree with you that that would be a bit problematic. I mean, yeah. the best they could do would make it look like the school had obviously been abandoned a very long time ago, and it was yeah, just yeah. being used for like cover. Um, past that, uh, I I just don't play these games enough to know what is a map and isn't a map. Has like a castle ever been a map? Not that I'm aware. No. See, I think maybe a castle with like uh, hidden corridors and things like that, to where you couldn't see everything. Mm-hmm. You know, you had to push a button in a certain spot to open up a door for 30 seconds in another spot. I think that could be kind of interesting. Um, but like I said, I don't really play the sh- that that style of shooter games, so mm-hmm. I really wouldn't be able to comment too much on that. Yeah. I'm curious. What other sort of places do you think would work? Um, I mean, obviously you're going to need covers in some areas. I would... I would kind of be curious to see like known named like sports stadiums. Like mm-hmm. obviously like for like basketball or football or whatever, those big open areas wouldn't be practical, but like there's always like, you know, hallways and corridors and rooms and things like that. It'd be curious. Like, um, God, I'm drawing a blank. Where does man United, uh, I'll play? Yeah, imagine if like they took a section of that where all there was all the hallways to where the doctors were and the trainers were and the training rooms and things like that. Imagine, you know, the fan service is like if you completely recreated that mm. and then you were able to zip around through that and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. And then you could have, have fun for the people that are Man U fans and have posters up of opposing team members and then you could shoot the posters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, look at Phil Jones's contract and wonder why it. And still... shoot that too. Yeah, and wonder why it still exists. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that would be kind of a fun fan service, but outside of that, I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like when they. I don't like when they do just generic buildings with rooms and corridors. I like when it's a, a specific kind of setting and stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is going to be a little a lot different next time with a you know Cold War game and stuff but uh no i mean i mean it kind of makes sense in a way like if if in a mission sort of sense if you're going past a school that's been abandoned then mm-hmm. that would make sense as well so but anyway i i always just thought that that would be just because of the corridors and classrooms and uh there'll be a lot of interesting areas um and the playground would be like a really open area and that sort of thing so yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from that, I do have other stuff. Um, I would really like them to add more perks, which I don't think is going to actually happen now. Um, some more kill streaks would be good. Now they do actually have quite a lot of kill streaks, so I'm not going to say that there's any shortage of them. I would like some more shorter kill streaks, like when you get three or four kills, because I'm not a person that gets 
massive kill streaks. Um, I do well in these games, and I, but I just don't end up getting a lot of kill streaks and things. Um, but just some more stuff for like you know three or four kind of kills or, or whatever. So that would be good. Uh, some more um, equipment. I think would be good as well. Uh, I did like what they did with that in in this game, like the dead silence and the trophy system and and some other stuff. Um, that was good as well. So, but uh, yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty much everything. So, and that is the end of the episode. Um, yeah, another long one, another a lot to to uh, to talk about again today. So, um, cool. We'll see what happens next week in the world of uh, video games. If somebody buys somebody or whatever happens, we will uh, be back next week again. So, uh, in the meantime, you can find everything that we've got on entertainmenttalk.org. If you'd like to support the podcast and support Entertainment Talk, uh, we are on Patreon. You can check out the $1 and $3 level tiers for instant podcast, ad-free, and review um, options as well. Uh, Amazon affiliate link if you're buying stuff on Amazon where you can get a small cut. It won't cost you extra iTunes feeds, please rate, review, subscribe to those. Uh, you can just search for Entertainment Talk on iTunes feeds, podcast services, and uh, get yourselves uh, subscribed. And please rate, review those feeds as well. Uh, David is on iTunes through Geek Town for all your up-to-date, reliable TV and film news. Um, you can check out Geek Town Radios on Tuesdays. There is a new episode available to listen to right now for this week. Uh, Bex is on this week's episode Um because I filled in for her last week, and then she's she's back this week, so uh, you can check that out as well. Uh, Geek Town Radio on iTunes podcast services Tuesdays, and you can go to geektown.co.uk for all your uh, TV and film news. Speaking of Bex, you can find her on Twitch daily. Uh, Trista Bytes, that's Trista B Y T E S. If you search for that on Twitch, you can follow her and get involved with everything over there. Um, from what you told me, she was hugging a uh, Lego M- Millennium Falcon. Yeah, on on uh, a lot of the streamers, they'll have a, a Streamlabs, and you can like get gifts or whatever to your favorite streamer. Mm-hmm. And somebody sent her a massive uh, Lego uh, Millennium Falcon, cool. and she opened it up, and you could. She was smiling with her eyes. She was so happy, and she spent like the next fifty minutes of the stream like hugging it, like you'd hor- hug a warm pillow. Or a giant pile of kittens or things like that. And she spent a chunk of the day uh, assembling it. That's not something that you assemble quickly. That, no. That's something that yeah. takes like seven, eight hours to put together. Um, but did you see the stream where she turned herself into a cat and stayed on brand? I saw the clip of it on Twitter. Yeah, that was yeah. that was interesting. That was, that was yeah. hilarious. <laughs> I don't know why she puts these goals up. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. I mean, she yeah. does it for charity, so I know that. But she uh, does she not know that we're <laughs> just going to do that to troll her if nothing else? Mm. We're still waiting for the video for her having to go to a Tesco and buy stuff in a unicorn onesie. Mm. One day. One day. So, uh, But anyway, like I said, you can find all that fun stuff over on Tr- Trista Bytes on Twitch. Uh, word of mouth, you can tell people that you know about the website, the iTunes feed, Geek Town and Trista Bytes and everything else. Social media, you can do the same thing but through social media, Facebook, Twitter and if you can in different Facebook groups. Look out for Let's Play Sundays as well, I just scheduled a couple of new episodes, some Iron Man stuff, which is just un- such an underrated game. Uh, the Iron Man stuff and the last of the Crash Bandicoot uh, videos. Not the, not the last Crash Bandicoot 4 video ever, but the last one from the demo is what I meant. So, anyway, thank you all very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>